0: Hey guys, it's your girl, Adam, also known as the CEO, paralegal, author, legal consultant, legal educator, and of course, your host of the Let's Talk Paralegal podcast. Join in on the fun by downloading, subscribing, and sharing our content. You can also take your support further by hitting the coin icon on the Let's Talk Paralegal website, where as a thank you, we will provide you with exclusive content, news, and maybe even some swag. So what are you waiting for? Hit pause and share your support now. Hey guys, it's your girl, Edda Rosa, and welcome to the Let's Talk Paralegal podcast. Today, I have the amazing privilege to speak to Darius Alados. She is actually physically in San Diego, California, and she kind of brought me back to my childhood, which was very nostalgic. I got very teary-eyed, and you'll see it in the video if you're actually watching it, and you'll probably hear it as well if you're listening to it on the podcast. However, It was very nostalgic for me um, while she shared her story and her reason why she opened up her immigration services in California. So I hope that you get a lot from this uh, podcast episode just because it meant a lot to me. So I hope it means and it touches a little bit of your little heart, too. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast we have spoken quite a few times before today so I am super excited and really excited for the audience more to learn more about you and what you do and how you came about to this amazing like company that you created
1: so why don't we start there and then we can move our way up from there Sounds good. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm excited to be here to share kind of my journey on how I started my own business as an immigration consultant slash freelance paralegal. Um, I've been a paralegal for about 20 years, um, a little bit more, and I just kind of done a little bit of everything. I started off doing criminal justice, I'm sorry, criminal defense work. And then from there, I kind of uh, dipped into a little bit of family law family law. I jumped back into criminal defense because I liked it so much, a little bit of federal work since I'm here in San Diego. So we have a lot of border related cases that we would work on. And then from there, I ventured into civil litigation, which I always said I wouldn't do. Um, We learned about that in paralegal school, which I'm sure you did. And that's like the main focus of paralegal school. So I always said, I'm not going to do discovery. I'm not going to do civil lit. And lo and behold, I ended up in civil litigation, which I ended up embracing and enjoying. I did personal injury for a couple of years. And then I went back into the fun um, law of family law, which was pretty fun and interesting and sad. It's like a combo um, experience there. And then along the way, I kind of always thought I wanted to open up my own business. Because there's so much need in the Latino community, especially here in San Diego, we're at the border of Mexico, with is Tijuana. So a lot of Latino community here that needs, um, you know, just different resources. So I always said, I would joke around with my paralegal friends, like, hey, one day we're going to open up an office in San Isidro by the border. And it was like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Um, and I tried law school for a little bit. That didn't work out. Um, so I decided, you know, I'm going to go back to My original plan, what I always joked around about, which is open up my own office um, to provide legal services without advice, without legal advice, document preparation services for the legal community, specifically to Latino community. And that's what during the pandemic kind of, you know, made me or kind of pushed me or geared me into opening up this business because during the pandemic, it kind of everything was on hold, as I'm sure we all remember. And we were kind of like is this what we really want to do? Is this how we want to, I don't know, not end our life, but you know what I mean? Like you kind of start seeing like the future of how things are unfolding and that kind of just, I was like, you know, I want to, I don't want to not get to, you know, live this dream of mine and this experience of being able to provide services to people that really need it. And so that's what it kind of geared me into. I left the big firm that I was working at for family. It was an amazing firm. Um, a great opportunity, I you was, know, But I was like, I'm gonna just take them for the team and just take the dive, and I did, and I, that's what led me to open up Ablas Consulting Services, which has now um, slowly but surely, you know, turned out into a very positive um, company. It's small, it's growing. I'm just a one person shop for now. Hopefully, in the future, we'll be able to expand, but being able to help people um, in, a different, in a different capacity, obviously paralegal work, but you're limited to give, not giving legal advice, but being able to provide them with resources um, where they can get court forms, where um, they can find attorneys um, that speaks their language and that are affordable, um, just different uh, you know, services that I'm able to offer is just so fulfilling to me. It reminds me of my mother or my family that doesn't know the language Um, that I've been able to help them throughout the years. These people are kind of like family. I try when they call me, it's like, I'm trying to, you know, I'm I'm speaking to my family members, basically, is how I feel. So yeah, sorry. I just want to ramble.
0: Oh my God, you're making me cry. I'm like here, I'm like, (laughs) I'm like crying up a storm over here. I didn't know that. So throughout all our conversations, I didn't know the reason why, which I think sometimes is so important with the company, you know, when you create a company is, is really why that's what makes us go, um every day roll up our sleeves and even if we want to give up because we feel like we're not getting anywhere nobody's listening to us um our company's not growing fast enough because you know all these invisible deadlines and trust me been there done that completely know that world um but that's so touching. I love it. And, you know, I've been to San Diego a couple of times. I'm really familiar with the San Diego area and definitely know what you're talking about, about how close it is to the border um, of Tijuana. But I'm like, wow, that is, that's just really inspiring. Like, oh my God, I'm like, I have, I'm like writing down all these things that I just, you know, came up into my head. I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. I love
1: it. As a a Latina, I think you could probably identify that as our I, I don't know about your parents, but like my parents and my family members, a lot of them, you know, came to this country to give us, you know, a different opportunity. But then you, you know, a um, piece of mail comes in. It's like, get me like or something. Because I don't say, you know, so you're basically like their like legal advisor, you know. So and I'm sure a lot of people will relate to that in Latino community and other communities where there's a language. Um, you know, you're basically their go-to. And now I've been marketing a lot on TikTok. And I get a lot of people like myself, the sons and daughters calling on behalf of their parents. And it's like, well, my mom told me to help them look up, look this up for them. And it's like, it reminds me of me, you know what I mean? And that's my type of, it makes me so happy that like I'm able to help those people because as a son and daughter, sometimes you're just like, I don't know, I'll just go online. Well, especially now it's like back then, I don't know what we would do back then. We would just call the phone number on the phone letter, number, like the
0: phone <laughs> book or the commercial or <laughs>
1: I, yeah, before, yeah. now, thankfully we have this fabulous thing called the internet and there's also social media platforms that we're able to um, get information from. So, Specifically now TikTok is a big, it's, you know, it's for people say it's for your younger generation and it is um, a variety of, of people are on there, but I do get the younger generation calling on behalf of their parents. And so that is what like reminds me of me, you know, when I used to help my mom or my dad or even my brother that did speak the language, but just didn't know what to do. So that just kind of reminds me of that. And so I'm sure you've experienced similar stuff like that too with family members, Um, Being Latina, yeah.
0: So we're blessed that we are Puerto Ricans, so we don't have to worry about the legal status. But um, so we do have an upper hand, you know, against all other, (laughs) and, and I would say immigrants or people migrating to the states. Um, but the language barrier is always going to be there. Um, you know, my parents also left Puerto Rico to come to originally to Miami, Florida, and, you know, had nothing, you know, I think my dad had like maybe $5 in his pocket or, or something ridiculous like that. They started working at a McDonald's. Then he started working in construction and, you know, had like three jobs by the time I was born. And, right. um, it was, it, you know, it's, it's a challenge and, and it's, it's funny that you say that because it just reminded me of a video that I was watching on LinkedIn the other day. And it, it had to do with, um, this, um, Im- immigrant from, I believe it was Haiti. And, um, he was during the hurricane Sandra, I think the really bad hurricane in Haiti. Um, he saw the American American soldiers come in and help, you know, everybody there as much as possible. And he asked his dad, hey dad, who are who are those people? And his dad said, They're American soldiers. And he said, One day I'm gonna be that person. I want to go to other countries and help. And lo and behold, he graduates, he gets to the army. Somehow he gets to the states legally and everything, and you know, and made it happen. And I feel like as, um, as Americans, um, born and bred in America, um, we don't we take that for granted. We take that freedom for granted. We take the the um, the rights that we have being born on American soil for granted. And I think it's amazing that you are helping other people that just don't have that, that are here for the American dream, but don't really know what that is and don't really know how to get there, and don't, you know are coming here for a better life, but just don't know what they have to do in order oh, to do. That.
1: Exactly. Yeah,
0: you know, and, and I feel like in their country, they get sold this amazing story. Um, and when they come here, it's a whole different, you know, it's a whole different atmosphere and environment. And they, they don't get, uh, they get treated like animals most of the time. Um, yeah. And, you okay. know, it's just sad. It's just yeah. really sad. It's, it's one of for those, I don't touch, sure. I don't touch immigration because of that. Yeah. I just, you know, I take somebody with like you, you know, with um, not that I'm saying I'm heartless, but with this <laughs> special heart, you know, like just a special heart to take on those type of cases. Um, and especially with family law as well. Uh, those are two things that I really don't dabble in. I've dabbled, you know, a little bit, but I just I don't really dig my my knees into it or my heels, I should say. Into right.
1: that. I remember when I, I dipped into it, um, when I was like 18, like I was like two years in 18, 19, um, that attorney was like, "You shouldn't be doing family law. It's nasty." And I was like, "What's well, the? unfortunate it's the reality. Eventually, I'm gonna have to. You know, it's 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 out there. It's it's what we, you know, what we, the world we live in." And so I did my mom's divorce. So I worked there, and my brother's divorce, and coincidentally, and I learned from it. And um, you know, and I went back to it last year, and I loved it. But I wasn't fulfilling my dream. I mean, I loved being a I loved being a paralegal, but I was working for attorneys, which is amazing but I wasn't directly making the impact with the, with the client, you know what I mean? So I wanted to directly make the impact directly with the client and be able to help them directly. If that makes sense. I love it. For, that's amazing. Versus like, yeah. Versus you work for the attorney and you do work with the client But realistically, the person that's fulfilling, or, you know, I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, is the attorney, which is, which is great. That's what they're there for. But then there's other people that don't necessarily need attorneys that, um, and they're intimidated by them. Again, the language, they can't afford them. Um, there's so many different reasons. And so I was like, I want to be able to connect with the client directly. And I so sometimes that. I would and, and not always. So it just, I, that's, the only, that's the main reason why I wanted to do it. So I
0: love it. You. I love your whole mission. I love the reason. I mean, there has to be people like you um, in this world um, because we need them. So, you know, I always say that there's always a place for everybody. There's no such thing right. as competition. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I feel like everybody has their own thing and their own way of representing um, whatever it is that they want to represent with their companies, with their talents, their skills, their education, have what not, you know. Um, but I guess that brings us right into the subject of today, which is the staff hierarchy, right? And how that yeah. kind of aligns with kind of what we were talking about just now. So go ahead and take the floor. Yes.
1: Yeah. So I've always, when I first started I always worked at the small firms. I did for a long, long time. And during and the reason why I stuck to law, small law offices is because of the hierarchy that I learned about or heard about during, you know, paralegal school, which is when you work at bigger firms, there's a hierarchy of, you know, there's the attorneys, there's the paralegals, and then there's legal secretaries legal assistants and receptionists file clerk etc no and I was like no I I mean I want to be able to do everything my I was you know trained to do everything by my paralegal um instructor at the time when I first got into the field I worked with my cousin and she trained me to do absolutely everything from answering the phone from getting coffee you know um from going to the court and preparing so there was just a So that's what I was used to. So I was like, I'm never going to be able to like fit into this hierarchy because I like to do it all. (laughs) Maybe it's a control thing. I don't know what it is. But so I mean, I did that for many years. I worked at numerous offices. I became office manager at my last firm um, before I I went to this big firm. And I basically wore a bunch of different hats, which was amazing. I love doing it. but then once I went to this big firm, I had this awesome opportunity to work at Hicks, Fletcher and Mac, which is a big firm here in San Diego. And it was awesome. But then you have this hierarchy as you're, I was hired as the paralegal. And, you know, then there's the legal secretary, there's receptionist, a the file clerk, there's a copy center. There's all sorts of different things. I wanted to send a fax one day. It's like, well, you have to send it to a copy center. And I was like, what do you, what do you mean? Like, I want to send, I know how to send a fax, so I can't have send a fax. It's like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. paral- paralegals don't do that. <laughs> and it's, okay. Oh, okay. or like something needed to be filed it's like oh no we have courier services for that and I'm like oh I could run real quick over there you know just get it no paralegals don't do that and so you're limited to certain things because you're you know billing per hour and stuff like that so it's a little bit different versus I'm used to doing it all so the hierarchy sometimes can be a little bit um, and it's not fair because then there's it creates animosity between the legal secretaries and paralegals that want to work together but they're limited to work Um, together because of their, they have to stick to, you know, specific list of duties. (laughs)
0: No. And I think that creates, um, cattiness competition. It it just creates a really toxic environment, right? Because, oh, well I can do it all and I don't really need this person and blah, 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 which is why I always suggest regardless of wherever, whatever type of legal department, legal organization, law firm, boutique, whatever you're working at right now, or trying or achieving or, or whatever your goal is at the end of the day, to learn the process. So learn how the law firm works, learn all the pieces of the puzzle so that you can be a better caseload manager because at the end of the day, that's what you are. You're there to manage a caseload. So if you need to send a document to X, Y, and Z department, if you need to get things approved by a certain person, if you need to have somebody do a first draft and then you're the last one to see it before the attorney, whatever the case may be, whatever the process is, I always say that your first 30 days at the law firm or whatever organization you're working at is to learn the environment learn who does what why when where how how to communicate with them do they better communicate through email phone number you know phone Mm -hmm. whatever whatever it is that they've created in this organization you need to learn it and those are your first 30 days to do your job right obviously whatever it is but also to learn everything so that you can do your job and do your job right and efficiently, because if not, you're never going
1: to understand what's going on. No, and I have a perfect, I have a perfect story. Um, A couple, this is a long time ago, but I worked for a small criminal defense firm and there was, I was, you know, legal secretary, I was entry level and there was a paralegal slash office manager. She ran everything and we did the specific type of, um, they're called mandates for a specific niche for DUIs. And she wouldn't teach me how to do them. And I was like, well, I want to learn, you know, I want to learn because, you know, I want to learn <laughs> just because I do. And so they wouldn't teach me They're like, oh, no, no, this is just her, you know, her title again, hierarchy of small firm, but she turns out she gets really ill and then she's out for a couple of weeks and we have a filing comes in. And, and so good thing I was like, I, I was kind of still learn, even though she would tell me not to, like you said, you have to learn. Now I'm not trying to learn somebody else's job to take their job away. I'm there to learn in case of these types of, you know, situations coming up. So, you know, she's ill for a while. And then she does return. She's like, Oh, I'm moving out of state. And so then I was like, see, that's what I mean. Like I should have just been taught since the beginning, or I should have been exposed to it. Like you're saying, because at least, you know, what you're, if something comes at you, you're aware of, you're you're prepared. Um, you may not know it all, obviously, because we're always still learning, but at least you're kind of, you have some type of knowledge of what's going on, because if not, then you're just going to be a fish out of water and have no idea what's being thrown at you. So ever since that, I had that experience, every firm I went to after that, I always made sure that everybody knew what was going on, whether you were the receptionist or the file clerk, to a certain extent, because I've obviously everybody has their position for a reason, but to avoid those type of things, because if somebody's absent, and we learned this during COVID, so many people got COVID, unfortunately, people were out of the office. So what do you have to do? The stuff's not going to get done. So you have to, you're going to, the attorney's going to look at you and be like, okay, well, guess what? You're up. (laughs) Go figure it out.
0: (laughs) Exactly. And I think that um, training, right? We don't have training. Let's be real, guys. There's no such thing as training. (laughs) You know, you train on the job. No, it
1: does not get you ready.
0: You know, it's up to you to allocate an hour to, even if it's five hours a week, to go walk around your office or now if you're virtual tag somebody to have a meeting and really learn the process because there is no way that you're going to be able to do your job if you don't know what happens before you during you and after you like that's just how it works like this is not this is no longer the you know, factory industrial era where, you know, the, the product got done by every single person, but nobody knew what, where the hell the, the, the nail goes, right. This is why cars were so dangerous back in the day, why products were always recalled because nobody knew what was happening before, during, and after. So right. understanding that that's, your responsibility. Nobody's just going to hand it to you on a silver platter. And this goes for promotions. This goes for, you know, um, raises, whatever, whatever you're looking for in your legal career, you have to take it on yourself. You are your value. You know, you are your value. You're the one that sets the the hierarchy for yourself. And by doing that, you do it with action, and supporting it with your job right actually bringing yeah. a good quality product but you're not going to be able to do that unless you understand the entire process which is what i tell yeah. everybody i hate when and people bring- are like oh i don't answer a phone that's beneath me yeah. what, do you,
1: what do you mean that's, that's, that's beneath? Mean, yeah, yeah. I say, you bring up a, a great point <laughs> that when you go to paralegal school um, well, I went to an accredited community college, but now there's all these ABA programs and there's all, all these amazing programs that are, you know, out there. But there's this, there's a stigma that it's like, oh, you're just going to go into this big firm and you're going to do these motions and find No, 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 no. I, and the reality is you start from the bottom, which is, you know, file clerk, receptionist, making coffee, running errands, personal assistant, you name it, you do everything and you work your way up. From that and, you know, until you, you know, you get enough experience, exposure, and you kind of branch into this, what's called really a paralegal experience, a paralegal, when a paralegal is all of the above, which is what I just meant. And so it's not just doing research, writing motions, doing filings, doing discovery. It's way more than that. And I gave a speech a long time ago, a couple of years ago at my community college to to students that were graduating as an alumni. And I was like, look, like I was everything. I would pick up kids from school. I would do make coffee, bring lunch, go get dry cleaning. I mean, you know, and some people are like, oh, I'm not going to do that. It's like, no, no, no. If you want to, if you want to gain, you know, um, The respect of of attorneys, you're gonna have to do. It's it's all comes down to ethical thing. If you have strong work ethic and you have great common sense on top of being not being above everybody, then you're gonna make it as a paralegal.
0: Absolutely, and teamwork, right? Nobody goes to championship without working together. Like there, you imagine if the quarterback didn't communicate with the linebacker. Whatever yes. the case may be or in baseball, if the catcher wasn't communicating with the coach and, you know, like, That's hello, true. it would be a complete disaster. Nobody yeah. would make a home run. Nobody would make, you know, whatever, guys, I'm not too good at sports, but you get the deal. Um, That's what I'm get not trying the idea, to that right? <laughs> the touchdown, whatever, whatever sports you're in, um, you know, definitely understanding that the team has to work together and everybody right. has to know their part in, in the actual game in order to win. Um, because at the end of the day, the ones that are losing out is the client. And if there's no client, there's no money. And if there's no money, there's no job. So understanding that it could be a trickle effect that, um, if you're passing by the receptionist desk and there's nobody there and you hear the phone ring, Hey, pick it up. You know, what what does it cost you you like two minutes? You know, thank you for calling. So, and so how may I assist you, you know? I mean, at least even if it's just to put them on hold, at least the call was yes. was answered. Um, that so goes back was- to
1: common sense. That goes back to common sense, though. I would, ha- I did yeah. have a couple people. I would be like, "Oh, that's just not our line." I'm like, "It doesn't matter."
0: <laughs> I mean, executive. Par- I was an executive paralegal for a very short period amount of time, but I was an executive paralegal, and I was all the things we had a receptionist desk, we had an answering service too. So when I would go out to lunch and the receptionist was out to lunch at the same time, we had an, I mean, it was a huge, it was a boutique law firm, but it was bulk money. It was business corporate law. So you can only imagine how much money they had. So it it was in an executive suite. I had my window, like the whole nine yards. I was a complete and utter full-blown executive paralegal. But do you think that if my attorney asked me for a cup of coffee, I wasn't going to get it for them? Like hello, you know. Like, of yes. course I am. You are paying me good money. I am going to do it. Yes. You know? yes. Uh, even if my legal assistant, hey, I'm gonna grab a cup of coffee in the cafeteria. Would you like anything? I mean, it's just being
1: human, guys. Yeah, I and mean, courteous. Yeah, courteous, respectful, like, teamwork. Yeah, all of that. But I completely agree with you. It, and it and unfortunately, I feel like it has lost its way in the legal community. And and um, but as I speak to other people, I'm like, I'm like, there's hard to find out there and I'm sure they're out there. It's just, um, you know, we just need to kind of bring, bring, bring them back and be like, this is how the things are done to get, you know, to get. And I, out. I always
0: get this question from attorneys that are looking for paralegals. Um, they come to me because they know I have a big paralegal yes. following. So they're like, Hey, you know, do you know of a paralegal of this, this, and this, and they send me a whole long list of, you know, things of tasks. And and the first thing I ask them is what are you really looking for? Because any paralegal, right this but what yeah. are you actually looking for do you have a receptionist do you have a legal assistant do you have this what are you actually needing in your law firm mm-hmm. and I think that's the disconnect between paralegals and attorneys attorneys don't know what they need and paralegals don't know what they need to do
1: <laughs> so it's, it's like this big attorney, has, it's, yeah, <laughs> attorney has a different style so then that's another thing that you have to that, that's a whole nother topic but um <laughs> but, for another (laughs) another podcast but yeah yeah, that's another thing so yeah i like you said, they don't know what they want. They don't know what they need to do. It's kind of like reading minds. So, right. it's,
0: like we're not yeah. mind readers. One day, maybe. Not, now maybe. we're definitely not.
1: <laughs> that's <laughs> definitely not part of the fairly qualifications. This mind reader. Well, sometimes I would, I would, I would pin it. I would get on the nail. But that's after working with an attorney for a long time.
0: Yeah, you if you know of, your attorney, you yeah. know how they work. You can really understand. Oh, I know that they usually want a motion for extension of time, regardless if we need it or not. They want to file it just so that we have that extra cushion. Boom, prepare it, send it out. Um, yes. oh, you know what? I you the next step mm-hmm. to this case are depositions. Let me get on that. Let me start sending out emails. Let me start asking the attorney who they want to depose. Let right. me be, be proactive, you know, mm-hmm. just be that proactive person. But they love proactive. that proactive, it's running that. your yeah. case mode, it's yeah. running your case. Like, you have be to step, move a, step ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you always have to. You always have to do that. You always have to look at what the other side might or might not bring. Um, yes, yes. You know, especially when it comes to the discovery portion of it. Understanding your attorney, your case, your client is really your job. That's really That's what it. what the book of it is. Yes. Um. And and I don't understand how we became taskers. You know, just completing a task. It's like no, no, no. That was never. That was never the position. You know, that was never mm-hmm. what we were intended to do. But anyway, I digress. So, yeah. do you have any <laughs> I, any tips for the audience um, regarding how to beat the hierarchy? How to you know really be that person that the law yeah. firm needs and and show like they're I guess they're value, You know, like that they're invaluable, right? That they have right. that that go to personality.
1: Yeah. So going back to what you said, being proactive is a hundred percent a huge deal. They all attorneys. I think not only attorneys, any employer loves that, that you will, to you know, be a step ahead of the game. So for example, if you know a discovery is coming up, you know, you're going to start making up, to, you know, creating the templates, the shells. you're going to be a step ahead. You're going to look at the calendar weeks in advance is what I would do. Look at the calendar week and then what's coming up. Yeah. Sometimes it's so busy. There's no time to look at the calendar. I completely understand. But when you have that little bit of downtime, right at the end of the day, I would do that sometimes maybe on a Friday. Because um, Friday. Sometimes it's a little slow. At the end of the day, Friday. Hey, what's going on next week? Oh, there's you know, discovery is due. There's four sets of you know different things of discovery that are due. Are we getting an extension? How we talk to the client? You know, just being ahead of, ahead of the game. It's a so proactive, basically setting up files for the attorneys. Um, you know, for their hearings that are coming up. Just all so many so many different tips that you can be proactive. Um, going back to your question about being in the hierarchy, like I said, just kind of being willing and open to doing. A little bit of everything you know obviously with, with boundaries obviously because boundaries sometimes can get crossed but with you know as long as you're comfortable with it but never think that you're above it because at the end of the day nobody's above anything um is what i think but some people do have that mentality but always just be realistic like the reality is you are an employee you need this job and you want to get ahead. So um, in order to get ahead is you need to be able to get on these little stepping stones to get up to that level and, you know, reach the salary that you want, the position that you want. It's all baby steps it's all baby steps. So, yes. I
0: love it. I love those tips and they're so important. I, and, you know, communication you know, learning how yeah. to communicate with the clients and the colleagues. I mean, all this is so important and I love it because this is going to be an amazing segue to my other episodes of the podcast. So this oh, is going perfect. Perfect. <laughs> to be amazing. I definitely have a lot of other um, episodes that have a lot to do more because th- these are the main questions I get about emotional intelligence, communication, yeah. things that are not really taught. In the education system at all, like anywhere, it doesn't matter what degree you have. Um, I have friends that are finance majors, therapists, uh, business administration, health administration. And none of them are taught emotional intelligence, communication, how to deal with Even my therapist, okay, even the people (laughs) that have gone to, you know, uh, done their PhD in mental health, um, do not learn fully how to communicate with certain types of personalities. (laughs) Um,
1: Yes.
0: So it's like,
1: why question mark? Like every, this should be like in our core curriculum at this point. It should, right? But I think we honestly learn it as you go. And because you don't know what personalities you're going to, you know, face, you honestly don't. I have worked with a n- number of attorneys that have all, none. There is no one that is the same. And so, um and no client is the same. Well, some client was, well, I could probably, you know, a bunch of couple clients that are similar in different aspects, but like you said, I don't think you can learn it. I wish there was a course, and I do agree with you, but I think it's because we don't know what we're going to face in the real world. And, and know, it's not, so. I don't think
0: it's so much about learning. I think it's more about accepting, right? Changing our reactions to certain situations. So yeah. perfect example and shout out to my client. I won't mention their name, but I was with my client the other day in her office and she was communicating with opposing party, an attorney. Um, And they're both attorneys, by the way, FYI. So both attorneys negotiating, that was the whole purpose of the call was to negotiate to come to terms and agreement for the best benefit of both parties, right? That's the whole purpose of it. It was a whole conference call. We all set it up, you know, everybody was on on board with it. And that was the reason why I came to the office was to listen in on the call, take notes and minutes and all that stuff so that we can kind of have an idea of where our client and the case stands, right? So here she is, she's talking, they're they're fine, everything is fine. All of a sudden this other co-counsel comes on the call and starts being... Difficult. <laughs> 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 I my word there, but very. I, I was like, wait, <laughs> not the D word I wanted to use, but yes, yeah. difficult. Um, right. Started overstepping the boundaries, like you said, and started saying that they needed to go back to la da 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 because they had no idea what they were talking about. Yeah. And my client took it like a pro. I mean, she is a pro, but um, yeah. really, like, was she went dead silent like completely dead silent and kind of like soaked it in for a little bit didn't even get angry at all at the fact that what she was basically disrespected um probably had more experience than the other person anyway but whatever we're not even getting into details And you know what? She responded. It was was eloquent. It was professional. It was polite. It was prompt. It was everything that I always hoped that I could be in a situation like that. And they basically said, this is not about me. It's about our clients. And that's what we're here for. So if we can just go back to what we were talking about, that sure. would be great. You know? Um, and that was amazing, you know, it's how amazing. they handled that situation. And I would have said so many words. Other that takes a
1: lot of willpower, lots of willpower.
0: <laughs> Again, it has nothing to do with the personalities that are coming yeah. at you. It's everything to do I on how you take respond, it. right? Because Correct. the response is what's either going to escalate it or dem- demolish it, which is basically yes. what, what which, did. yeah'
1: You're just
0: like, that was it. Like that was the end of that. And just continued on with the negotiations because at the end of the day, her, her ethics and her oath is to her client. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, powerful, right. Super powerful on how a reaction can really, you know,
1: make or break it
0: the next step of that communication or that certain interaction. So yeah, you're right. To your point, we are not going to be able to learn how to handle or how to, um, you know, create this yeah. uh, formula, right, for these difficult situations or, you know, challenges that we're going, they're going to happen, guys. I mean, let's, yeah. we don't live in La La Land. You know, there's no I wish. For it. Trust it me, I wish. I wish. It would be a great. But there, then there wouldn't and be a legal hard. industry, right? Because in the la la legal land. industry is all yeah, about
1: yeah. dispute. <laughs> So and there, there would get be boring it would get boring. Yeah, it would get boring after a while. But yeah, like you said it, it so yes, maybe going back maybe there should be a class about how you could react to these types of situations because we're not going to learn it. That's for sure. But even then so I still feel like even if there was a class to like learn on how to, you know, react and you know, all the emotional stuff I, in the situation, it, it depends. I think it, you know, you, it depends on the person. It depends on the mood you're in that day. Depends, I don't know. There's so many different factors, but oh. she reacted perfectly. And that's the best way because you're, t- you're not, you're not bringing, you're not stooping down to the other person's level. And bleh, Cause then, you know, it's like you said, At the end of the day, we're all here for the clients. That is our main goal. And some people aren't always don't have that mentality, but it should be that way because at the end of the day we're here to work for the clients and get them a positive result. So absolutely. And trust yeah. me,
0: I I um I respond better in writing. I'm not very <laughs> Yeah, I'm not very, like, I, I love to talk. Obviously, I have a podcast, a YouTube, oh, I I love to talk do, like speech engagements almost every week. I'm always on somebody's platform, which is great. God. I love it. Great. But um, so the verbal aspect is fine. But when it comes to challenges, uh, difficulties or conflict of any sort, I respond uh-huh. a lot better in writing than I would like, on the dime. And I think that's just how because the way I process information. So I'm okay. not an instant person. Like I need to kind of very introvert in some ways when it comes to that. Um, I know <laughs> hard to believe that I'm an introvert, but um, very introvert when it comes to that. I had it takes time for me to process right information. Right. And I'm just like a legal professional at heart, I like to do my research, I like to, you know, create you know, a, a nice full factual opinion, um, and not base it off of others opinions or interpretations or perspectives. I want to create my own. So when you come at me, right, like all guns blazing, I, I was before I was very quick to react in an anger Yes, kind of way. Yes, Latina, hot headed. <laughs> you're still in
1: there somewhere. I um, see. Yeah, you had to put the spice away. I, I get. It, I, I got to you know little good, though. <laughs> that's good though because, that, like you said, if it's your writing, it's better because then you're kind of like, okay, let's take a step back. I'm not gonna say what I really want to say. XYZ, <laughs> but um, so that's better because like, like you said, like, we want to keep it all, you know, kind of peace and love to a certain extent and get an eloquent and keep, make, make your point. Right. But it, I'm not saying my bend down and bow,
0: right. You're not, yeah. you're not bending down and bowing. No, no, and no, you no, are no, definitely no. going to get your point across, but you need to yeah. be heard and understood yeah. Um, yeah. when you're yelling and you're being, you know, angry and you're really being like defensive You're not getting your point across, which defeats the whole purpose of the interaction Mm -hmm. to begin with, right? So I I think a lot of people don't understand that. At the moment, it feels great, right? Because you actually did something about it. But it's like my good friend Cindy V. Janueva talks about in her book, Don't Fight Mad. She was also on the podcast. Um, She talks about that. She talks about don't fight mad, right? Like you can still fight. You can still defend your case or defend your opinion or fact or whatever Mm -hmm. that interaction is. But do it in a way where you're actually heard and understood. Yeah. Um, because if not, then what's the point? What are you doing? Yeah. Right?
1: Just going in circles. Yeah, exactly.
0: Well, it was a yeah. pleasure to have you on the Let's say. Thank like, you, kind of you for podcast. having me. I'm pretty sure we're way over, but I don't care. This <laughs> We made it happen. Um, we did. You know, I don't know how the weather is over there in California, but I'm jealous because over here, well, is- San Diego,
1: you know, and not to, not to throw it in your face, but, you know, we're always seventies over here. <laughs> it's, uh-huh, a uh-huh. June, it's a little bit of June gloom, but you know, we will, we'll take it. we will take it. And, um, we, I'm so excited that you have me on it's a pleasure. I feel super grateful that you invited me to have, to be on this. So. Of
0: course, yeah. a pleasure yeah. having you. I mean, wouldn't have it any other way. So thank you so much. And to thank my you. audience out there until justice is served. Mwah. Love you guys. Thank you, Errol. Do you see decline in productivity, lack of motivation, or even high turnover at the law firm? This is probably because there is a lack of tools and training. Maybe you are seeking to enhance your skills and knowledge. Look no further than Rosa LLC, your premier provider of law firm staff training services and legal education for all legal professionals. At Rosa LLC, we understand the importance of continuous learning in the legal field. That's why we offer comprehensive training programs designed to empower your team with the latest legal insights and strategies. Rosa speaks both lawyer and paralegal, which provides her with the edge you need to get your staff where they need to be. Whether you are looking to sharpen your skills, stay up to date on industry trends, Ederosa LLC has the resources you need to succeed. Our flexible training programs can be customized to fit your firm's unique needs and schedule, ensuring minimal disruption to your day-to-day operations. Say goodbye to outdated training methods and hello to cutting-edge legal education with Ederosa LLC. Contact us today to learn more about how we can help you and your firm thrive in today's ever-changing legal landscape. Click the link below and schedule your 15-minute chat today.